0: psalms chapter 92 psalms chapter 92 you should stay for one second then i'm going to pray out when i'm done look at you you look good today you look good today tyler all right psalms 92 i believe verse 7 it says that though the wicked sprout like grass and all evil evildoers flourish they are doomed to destruction forever But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. This is where I want to take you today. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox, and you have poured over me fresh oil. If you will, all over the auditorium and online today. I want you, this is the title of the message today. I want you to say it with me. We need fresh oil. We need fresh oil. One more time. Say, we need, fresh oil. we need fresh oil. Father, we thank you for this place. We thank you that your word, you put it above your own name. There's nothing like the spoken word There's nothing like hearing your your manna fall from heaven and we get outside our tents as in the Old Testament and we gather that manna in our life. We gather that fresh word today and we know that when we leave this place, things are gonna happen in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Thank you very much, Tyler, you and your gorgeous face. All right. The psalm that I just read was written by King David. And David is informing us in this psalm that, there, that he was experiencing opposition, and he was dealing with uh, his enemies. And in the middle of the difficulty, he says in verse 10, a very interesting statement, but you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. It's not talking about a physical horn, it's talking about the the, the horn of a ram most of the time where the oil would be stored when they would anoint things. It would be in just a, a hollowed out, uh, some kind of antler we would call, but maybe like a ram's horn. And he says, you, you exalted that horn like that of the wild ox, and you have poured over me fresh oil. Inside the horn, he's saying, is that oil, and you have poured it over me, and it was fresh oil. David, in essence, was saying that in hard times, the thing that made the difference was the thing that gave him the strength to go on. It was this thing that gave him the ability to continue. And he gives us a tip in verse 10. And he says it was fresh oil. Throughout the scriptures, we see that the oil represents the anointing Of the Holy Spirit, the special touch, if you will, of the Holy Spirit on our lives. How many of you know that it is the anointing that makes the difference? There is a difference between good church services and anointed church services. There's a difference between good singing and anointed singing. There's a difference between a good sermon and anointed sermons. And I need you to hear me today is that the oil, that anointing, is not just reserved for those of us in the ministry that you see on the platform on Sundays. You need a touch of the Holy Spirit just to raise your kids. You need the anointing of the presence of God to help you run your business. To help you make decisions. How many of you know that sometimes you just need the anointing to keep your mouth shut? Come on, somebody. To navigate hard times. David is saying, in the middle of my fights, in the middle of opposition, in the middle of fighting with enemies, what I needed, you gave to me, you turned that horn up and poured on me fresh anointing, fresh Holy Spirit, a fresh oil on my life. How many of you can relate that, God, I need some fresh oil in my life? Here's the reality is that life can sometimes get stale. Prayer life can be stale, praise can be stale, our faith can go stale. Seems like business opportunities can go stagnant and there are times when we just need a fresh touch from God. I find it interesting that David is the one who wrote this text because when we study the life of David, David has an interesting pattern. We don't know anything about David until 1 Samuel chapter number 16. Many of you have heard this story. Allow me just to read it for a moment. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse one. The Lord said to Samuel, who was the prophet of the nation of Israel, how long will you grieve over Saul? Saul was the the previous, he was currently the king, but he had fallen out of, of right standing with God. And since I have rejected him from being king over Israel, this is what he tells the prophet, fill your horn, fill that ram's horn with oil, and go. I send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have poured, sorry, I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Now, we see in the next verse, he actually ends up saying that that you shall anoint for me the one I named to you. So the nation of Israel, they picked Saul. He was kingly looking, the Bible says. He was tall, he was handsome, he looked like a king. And see what happens when we pick things, it doesn't always go according to plan. And God said to to the prophet Samuel that what you need is for me to pick the king and don't anoint anybody until I tell you which one it is. So what happens is that the prophet Samuel then goes to Bethlehem and he goes to Jesse's house. And when he arrives at Jesse's house, the Bible says that he comes in and says, I'm going to anoint one of your sons to be the next king of Israel in essence. And, and so watch what happens in verse 6. When they came, he looked on Eliab. This is, this is the oldest son the Bible lets us, lets us know later in the next chapter. He brings his three oldest sons to the prophet. He sees Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Surely, this has got to be the one. This is it, right? Verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on his height or his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not. This is a verse right here that somebody needs to write down for your own life. The Lord does not see as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. What we're finding in this passage is that the qualities God is looking for are not the ones that you can see, but the ones you can't see. And he says, this is, this is not the one. You're you're stuck on what he looks like. You're stuck on how popular he is. You're stuck on how many followers he's got on social media, but this ain't the one. Then, verse 8, Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. In the King James, I love how it says in the King James, I heard one preacher point out in the King James, he said, uh, the Lord has not anointed this. It's like, I don't know what this is, but I'm not anointing this. I don't want to get off my notes and get grumpy today, but I think God could look down at churches today and say, what is this? This is not what I'm anointing. I, I don't know what this is, but I'm not pouring my oil on that. I know they can sing good, but what is this? I know they can can draw a crowd, but what is this? Preacher told me one time that if you want to get a crowd, learn how to preach. If you want to learn how to keep a crowd, learn how to lead. But if you want to change a crowd, get the Holy Spirit. We need the oil in the church today. I don't want God to look down at Viber and say, what is, I'm not anointing this. Are you with me? Verse 9. Then Jesse made Shammah, another son, pass by. I mean, Jesse is really trying all his might. It's got to be these guys. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And now Jesse's like, all right. I'm pulling everybody out. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Samuel's got to be a little confused because he, this is why he came. God told him it's at, it's at Jesse's house, the, the next king. In verse 11, then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? Is this everybody And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. There remains yet the youngest, but he can't. I think if we're not careful in our own lives, we think we get to qualify where the oil goes. Who gets to be anointed? Who gets who gets called by God? Who gets who gets used by God? We want to say, yeah, but they're divorced. Yeah, but they 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 are they're they're a gossiper. Yeah, but they've been through some stuff. Yeah, but but and here's the thing: God didn't ask you for your butt. That's half of our problem. Our butts in the way. Some of us got too big of a butt i still saying it with the one T. <laughs> Some of us say that about ourselves, don't we? God, you can, use, you can use me, but I'm a failure. I want the oil, but. I want God to put his hand on my life, but. I wanna lead a small group, but. I wanna to come to church, but. And over and over and over, we disqualify ourselves. It's like we have the attitude of Jesse, like it's gotta be everybody else and it can't be me. And the prophet says, send and get him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. Verse 12, and he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he, the king we've all been waiting for. You got the oil in the horn, Samuel. This is he. This isn't who everybody else would have picked, but this is who God picked. No one else would have thought it was David but God knew it was David. A lot of people wouldn't have picked Moses, who killed a man, who was a fugitive on the run and had a stuttering problem, but God picked Moses. A lot of people wouldn't pick Peter, who had a, you know, literally foot and mouth disease, (laughs) who cussed people out, who cut ears off, had an attitude, always overspoke, always said too much, denied Christ, yet Jesus picked Peter, and used him to bring Pentecost in Acts chapter two to be the first preacher to preach a Holy Spirit-filled sermon. We wouldn't have picked Peter, but God picked Peter. We wouldn't have picked Paul, a man who was a persecutor of the movement of God in the earth, but God picked Paul. Can I tell you today, I don't think I would have picked me. I wouldn't have picked Ethan. There are much more educated, much more intelligent, Few good-looking better than me, but I mean. (laughs) I don't know why you guys laugh at that. It's not meant to be a joke. Maybe I'm saying it in faith. (laughs) But, But my point is, I'm joking, of course, but my point is, but like I wouldn't have picked me. But the reality of it is, when God throws the oil on you, the Bible says he did it among his brethren that when God puts his oil on your life, it don't matter who says no. It don't matter who decides what they think. It don't matter what's in your past. It don't matter what people think about you. When God says yes, the bank can't say no. When God says yes, culture can't say no. Watch what happens, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil that he filled up and anointed him, one 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 author says that there are six quarts of oil, it was much oil, and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and watch this, and the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. That oil runs on this teenage boy who smells like sheep, was working for his dad, was looked over, was neglected, wasn't thought of. Many believe it was from an illegitimate relationship. And here is David with the oil running on him. And hear me today, from that day forward, when we read the life of David, it was a different kind of life. I want you to hear me today. The anointing, hear me, changes everything. When the oil is on your life, it changes everything. And you need to hear me today. When you look at the life Of David, that oil that ran on his head, that anointing, it was just a, it was, it was like a symbol of what was happening. That oil on his head, it wasn't the power in the oil, it was just this, that God had touched him, God put his hand on him, God, God just, God marked him, and the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon him from that day forward. How else do you explain? The next chapter, when there's a battle going on in the valley of Elah, and this man named Goliath is standing for 40 days and for 40 nights. The Bible says he taunted the nation of Israel on one side of the valley, The Philistines were on the other side of the valley, and he stood in the middle of the valley and would taunt Israel for 40 days, morning and night, trying to intimidate them and scare them. And they came up with a deal. He said, send out your best warrior. Let me fight him. Goliath was a nine-foot-tall man, and he was a warrior since his youth, the Bible says. And he says, you go ahead, bring out the best you got, and I'll fight him. And if he wins, we'll serve you. And if I win, you serve us. Philistines are like, great idea, Goliath. The Israelites are like freaking out. And young David came to deliver pizza to his brothers. (laughs) Read the Bible. It says bring cheese and bread. (laughs) And he he brings cheese and bread to his brothers. And he said, I know I'm supposed to be delivering pizza right now. But I, who is this uncircumcised Philistine defying the name of our God? What would make a 17-year-old or a 15-year-old or 16-year-old, however old he was, say something like that? Can I tell you today, the oil makes all the difference. The Bible says that he got aggravated and, and he went in and he's like, I, I'll fight him. And King Saul was like, are you out of your mind? This guy's been fighting as long as you've been alive. That's what the scripture says. And the scripture says that he's like, listen, I'm I'm, going to go fight him, and I'm going to fight him with how I fight, with a slingshot and a rock. What would make somebody do that? What would make a teenage boy take off the armor of Saul, the scripture says. Saul tried to get him to wear his armor. He said, I can't wear this. And he says, I'll go and do what I do and fight how I fight. And, and watch what he says. He goes, I fought lions and bears to keep the sheep safe. I'm just trying to help you today because you can see a distinction on the life of David. Why? Because the oil makes all the difference. He's just a teenage boy. He goes down in the battlefield. And when he's out there, the Goliath, Goliath starts laughing at him. He's like, You come at me with stones and sticks? And David, just a teenager, I want you to hear me today. God is not reserved for people who are out of college. God is the the power of the anointing and the Holy Spirit is for our generation and the younger generation as well. I believe there are Goliath killers sitting in kids ministry right now. Goliath is taunting David and the Bible says David comes out and David says, you come at me with a sword and you come at me with a spear and you come at me with a shield he says but I come at you in the name of the Lord he was anointed with oil because the anointing makes all the difference He took that sling and hit Goliath right in the forehead. The Bible said Goliath falls down. And this kid, who a whole army was scared of this man, this kid gets up, grabs a sword, cuts this dude's head off. Can you imagine raising a teenager like this? Like, oh my Lord, no more iPad for you. He cut Goliath's head head off. What happened? He just knew that there was something in him and on him that made all the difference. Can I tell you today that whatever Goliath you're facing, I don't know what's coming to your world. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what the devil's trying to put on your life. But can I tell you, almost like David in that valley that day, I'm anointed for this. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm anointed for this. I'm not scared. Can I tell you today, whatever you're fighting, can I just tell you, you're anointed for this. You didn't just wake up this morning and, oh, God, I'm a Christian. Just help me, Jesus. No, if you're a child of God, the Bible says you have an unction of the Holy Spirit. In fact, 1 John says you're anointed by the Holy One. When you're in the family of God, can I tell you today, you got a mark of God on your life. You have a touch of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know today that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Why? Because the anointing makes all the difference. Saul persecuted King David. I got to hurry. I I got something special for you. Saul was persecuted by King David threw javelins and spears at the kid. But he kept his integrity all the days of his life. He even said, I won't touch the Lord's anointed. Talked about King Saul who was jacked up, Great, King Saul was nuts. And he wouldn't give up on his integrity because the anointing makes all the difference. In the battle of Ziklag, the Bible says his, his wife and children are kidnapped the Bible says he praised to God and God gave him a word go and you shall recover all and he went and he won that battle you know why because the anointing makes all the difference from that day forward the Bible says from that day Forward. You know what's interesting about David? Some say he fought eight to nine major battles. Some say he fought up to 60 battles altogether underneath his, underneath his rule. Can I tell you something about David? He never lost one. Because the oil, the oil, that anointing, that touch of God, that Holy Spirit edge makes all the difference, changes everything. From that day forward, David, you're going to fight lions and bears. But from that day forward, I'm going to be with you. David, you're going to fight out of Goliath. David, you're going to lose your family in Ziklag. David, you're going to sin. In fact, you're going to mess up big. You're going to make big mistakes, and you're going to get a woman pregnant that ain't your wife. And you're going to murder somebody. You're going to make a mess. David, you're going to make a mess. You're going to have a baby that dies. It's all bad. All bad. But he said, from that day forward... I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I need need you to hear me today. That, That David said later, oh man, yeah, David said this later. Though I make my bed in hell. It's almost like he could remember back to the shepherd's field. when God put the oil on his head in his living room of his father with a prophet and his eight brothers, seven brothers watching. It's almost like he could right then remember, you know what, you have never left me. I've made my bed in hell. I've messed up, but you have have kept me. You've sustained me. You've walked with me. Success and failures. You've been with me. From that day forward, David wrote later in Psalms 23, he says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Watch what he says. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Can I tell you something? The anointing makes all the difference. I don't know your story, and I don't know what you're facing. But can I tell you today, the oil is not reserved for me and preachers. I've told you that. The anointing is for you today. The you and I, we need the oil in our lives. We need that touch of the Holy Spirit that when we face Goliath, and we fight with our souls, and we battle with the Philistines, and over and over and over, can I tell you today, he goes, I'll be with you from this day forward. Now, Now, something interesting. You know, in my truck, in my truck, and I'm closing right here because I I want you to help me with something. But In my truck, every, you know, 3,000 miles, I got this sticker in the corner of my truck, right? I'm sure all you got it too. That that sticker just lets us know, know that you need fresh oil. It's an indicator to let me know that I need to get an oil change. Watch this. Sometimes a light will come on, and it will say, you need fresh oil. In the life of David, listen to me, though he had that big moment in the shepherd's field where he was anointed to be king, the Bible says he went back out and started working in the field. He didn't become king that afternoon. You know what happens next? Years goes by. And he then is anointed again. I never saw this. He was anointed again to become the king of Judah, which was a small tribe at the bottom of Israel. And he was anointed for that season. And then later on, he became king of Israel, and he was anointed again. Three separate times, David was anointed to for new seasons, new chapters, new days can I tell you today, I believe God knew what he needed in every season. That fresh oil represented that fresh touch and renewed strength and and fresh vision. And for you today, I don't know where you're at, but some of you are facing doctor's report and you need fresh oil. You've never been in this season before. Some of you are in a place right now where you're navigating financial crisis. Can I tell you today, you need fresh oil. You need a fresh touch from God. Some of you are navigating being empty nesters, and you need a fresh touch from God to navigate this new season. Some of you have gotten stale in your relationship with God. You used to love God. You used to come to church. You used to tithe. You used to serve. But over time, COVID knocked you out. Family knocked you out. Offense knocked you out. Bitterness knocked you out. I said something just now, somebody. I said something to somebody just now. Bitterness knocked you out. Bitterness knocked you out. The people that you're mad at, it doesn't matter anymore. You have to let it go and get fresh oil. Get fresh oil. You and I, our lives depend on fresh oil. I need fresh oil. This week I came in here and prayed over every single chair, and I just believe God is going to give you fresh oil a fresh touch from god something that renews you again and excites you again and and life comes but like marriage needs new oil sometimes and and raising kids i'm just tired and i want to talk to the people who are ready for god to do something new and something fresh i know it's the beginning of the year and people are counting calories and going to the gym i get it that's great but somebody needs to start counting up and say god give me some oil this year touch my life give me strength i can't do this without So if you will, stand with me all over the room. This week when I was studying, I felt, and I don't want to pressure anybody, but I felt to lay hands on every person who wants it, and I want to anoint you with oil. I bought this oil in Bethlehem, which is actually in the, the scripture, the Bible says the prophet went to Bethlehem. And now some of you may be like, well, Pastor Heath, is this going to get weird? I know you come from Pentecost, you've got a snake up there or something. <laughs> Listen, it ain't going to get weird. I won't let it get weird. Yeah. If you know me, you trust me, hopefully, that if it gets weird, I stop weird stuff, publicly stop weird stuff. Not afraid to stop it. The Bible says we do things in decency and in order. And if they got weird and I laid hands on them, they were weird before I laid hands on them. But here's what I want you to understand. I think you need fresh oil. I think you need fresh oil. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray with you. And for anybody, this isn't for everybody, and I'm going to dismiss this room today. I will will stand in the front of this altar until the next service starts if I have to. Pray for every person. It's not going to be long, just, just a quick tap on the head and believing that this is a sign, a symbol of going to a new season, a symbol of you turning the chapter, the season of letting things go, the season of walking into the kingship God has for you. Whatever you're at, whatever stage you're in, God can give you fresh oil and bring new places back to life. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray with you. When I'm finished praying, I'm going to dismiss whoever wants to leave. You are free to go. You get out early today. Come on, somebody. But for those of you say you know what I need fresh oil me and my wife are going to be at this altar the team is going to try to help I know you're thinking the same thing I thought how are we going to do this what I'm asking you is to everybody run to the front as fast as you can (laughs) I'm just joking our team is going to help you but I want you to start lining on this wall you're going to come this way if you want to bring your person things that after you're done, if you, can, if you want to go back to your seat or you can go home, that is totally fine. But I just want to pray a blessing on you. You can give on your way out. We thank God for you. I know today's a little different than normal, but I want to pray with you today that we're going to walk in fresh oil in 2024. Amen, church. That this year is going to be a new year, a fresh year, an exciting year. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we gather, I'm just doing what I felt in my heart. God, I'm just trying to honor you today. And I pray that every person in this room, every person that's going to take a moment to say, you know what, God, I know there's no power in this oil. I know it's just oil. I know it's just Ethan standing in the front. But there is something about walking in faith and saying, you know what, God, in the middle of hard times, I need fresh oil. In the middle of dark uh, dark seasons, I need fresh oil. I'm trying to deal with a kid on drugs. I need fresh oil. I'm trying to deal with depression. I need fresh oil. I'm trying to deal with hard seasons. I need fresh oil oil and if that's you all over this room I pray that you make the step of faith and say I'm ready for fresh oil in Jesus name in Jesus name and this church said amen if you want to go for those of you that want to leave you're free to go at this time get the Cracker Barrel early today what's up in Jesus name in Jesus name come on let's worship the king all over this room as Pastor Tyson and the team begin to worship all over this place.
1: of smoldering breath of god fan us into flame cuz we need a fresh wind the fragrance of heaven lord pour your of hell you want to, to do whatever you want.